Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast for Friday, the 17th of February, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank. This podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Check them out at ffbt.com. Coming up today in the news, C.J. Miller from the National Farm Machinery Show on spring planting preparations. Eric Pfeiffer with an update on U.S. waterways for grain movement. And Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has colder weather and dissipating clouds today. The ag market steady yesterday. Mike Silver analysis coming up on the Thursday Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Getting prepped for planting and water levels on the rise. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Spring planting is fast approaching. C.J. Miller reports now from the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville on several things to keep in mind before planting begins. We have to have a plan A to have a plan B or C or potentially Z, like some springs kind of bring us. And that's Travis Coleman, field sales agronomist with Bex Hybrids. He says it's not only about having your seed and chemicals on hand, but also making sure your planting equipment is in top shape. Yeah, so number one, I would just make sure we have all our inputs in the barn and ready to go. And then I'd focus on planter prep, make sure those preventative maintenance pieces are worked through, you know, thinking about chains and making sure they're replaced and anything that's broken or worn, we're replacing those, double disc openers, making sure they're adjusted correctly. Even though it was a late start to planting last year because of wet conditions, Coleman says the sooner your planting preparations are knocked out, the better. Yeah, my challenge is always to have planters and equipment ready April 1st. Sometimes conditions aren't fit across the entire field, so that 70-30 rule is kind of a good rule of thumb. 70% of the acres are good. Uh, We might push those 30%, but ultimately field conditions play a big part in high yield, whether that's corn or soybeans. So making sure we should be out there and the ground is fit for planting. Uh, is ideal, and I would say that probably is a greater aspect to yield than planting date. Coleman adds that if your planting preparations are already taken care of, then check out the practical farm research studies from Bex Hybrids. We're pretty proud of our PFR data. Uh, that's practical farm research. We build a book every year. Um, if you aren't a customer, they're free to anyone. Uh, we believe that if we can help any farmer, we're doing the industry as a whole a better job. So reach out. We can get you a PFR book. Um, We're challenging in testing a lot of products in there and a lot of stuff that we are not 
affiliated with. So have any questions, uh, gives you some unbiased information there. You can also find a link to their practical farm research studies at bexhybrids.com. Reporting from the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, I'm CJ Miller. Some of these vessels had to be dug out or just simply had to wait until water levels rose. And so they were just sitting there with soybeans or other agricultural products waiting for water levels to rise. And that's Mike Steenhook, executive director of the Soy Transportation Coalition, talking about the drought of 2022 and the impact it had on key U.S. waterways. He says some much-needed precipitation has commodities moving again. When you look at Memphis, Tennessee, for example, which was arguably one of the ground zero locations for the low water conditions last fall, we're currently at 10 and a half feet of water depth in relation to the gauge. Last year at this time, we were at 19 feet, so we're below where we were last year. But just to give that some perspective, in, in late October, we were at almost a negative 11 feet. We're easily 20 plus feet better now than we were in late October. So that's a a significant increase. While levels have begun to rise, there's still a long way to go to get back to normal levels in the inland waterway system. We have returned to a healthy degree of normalcy, but it won't take a lot of sustained dry conditions to all of a sudden tip us back into low water conditions, which can impact navigation, particularly in that critical area of St. Louis to Cairo, Illinois. Cairo is significant because that's where the Ohio River meets up with the Mississippi River and provides a big influx of water into the system. So that St. Louis to Cairo area can be susceptible to low water conditions. And while levels aren't quite where shippers want them to be, Steenhook says goods are moving regularly up and down the waterways. now. But again, I think the concern is we don't have a lot in the tank. We don't have this big margin that we can enjoy. So if we did have a sustained period of dry weather, it could really tip us back into lower water conditions, which would then impede navigation. Steenhook adds that soy export volumes are very comparable, even a bit higher this year versus the same period last year, which he says is really, really good news. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We are cold today across the Hoosier State. Strong north winds are still blowing. That's creating a little bit of lake-enhanced cloud cover. I think those clouds dissipate as we move through the afternoon, getting sunshine back. But it's chilly for sure especially compared to some of those milder temperatures that we saw earlier this week. Temperatures are going to start to moderate a little bit more over the weekend. Canadian high pressure that's analyzed over the top of eastern Indiana and western Ohio late today is going to shift farther to the east overnight. That's going to allow for some south winds to return and moderating temperatures for Saturday afternoon, Sunday, and on into the first part of next week. Monday, Tuesday of next week, we see a mix of clouds and sunshine. More sun Monday, more clouds Tuesday. However, I'm less concerned about moisture in that Tuesday time frame.
I will say this, we're going to keep an eye out for a few spits or sprinkles or a pop-up shower, mostly over the southern half of the state on Tuesday but I'm not calling for a big precipitation. Wednesday is also dry until we get to the nighttime hours. Overnight next Wednesday night into Thursday, a significant system rolls in. Big time moisture associated with it. We can see a quarter to one and a quarter inches of rain. And then you have a little bit of a threat of rain ending as snow as you get into Thursday morning. However, I think the biggest threat of snow is farther west and north of our area. It's something we're continuing to monitor because it comes down to the track of low pressure. But still, good moisture coming out of that. Behind it then, we set up with this almost east to west a striation of air mass and that sets up warm air to the south and cold air to the north. High pressure is going to be here as we move through next Friday the 24th but I think we're going to be seeing these air masses knock into each other. Cold air moves south and then retreats back north and in those changes we're likely going to be having to deal with a little bit of moisture. Right now I'll say watch the period of the 25th that's Saturday the 25th into Sunday the 26th. Could be some moisture trying to come out of the Tennessee and Ohio river valleys. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Right near even on the close in corn and soybeans. This is the Hoosier Ag Today Thursday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank, and the review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show today, and they'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance, it's in their genetics. Flat markets Thursday, settlements on the way, but first analysis with Mike Silver of Kokomo Grain. Mike, some quiet markets, corn and soybeans especially on Thursday, and the bean market did flirt with the high side. Maybe the result of a flash sales announcement on Thursday morning, but uh, export sales only in the range of expectations, nothing exciting, and obviously not a lot of news to move the markets as we have a quiet day. Nice report, Andy. You pretty much sum things up. I don't have a whole lot to add to that, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it just a little bit. We did have a fairly decent export sales number in corn today, 1.024 million metric tons. The high end of the estimates was 1.2, so that was a good number. Uh, it wasn't quite as good as last week, but still a relatively good corn export number. Soybean number, not so much so, 512.8 thousand tons. And the wheat number came in at 209.8. But as you mentioned, we did have a flash export sale of soybeans to an unknown destination this morning um, at 9.30 after we had the export sales report. So that did add some support to the uh, soybean market today. You know, this price action so far this week uh, has been more about money flow than anything else. And today we had... uh, from the economic side of the market complex, uh, the producer price index, and that that has put a little bit of a negative sentiment in the market today. Uh, thoughts about uh, higher inflation and probability that the Fed will want to continue to work these interest rates up a little higher yet from where we are now. And so that's causing a little bit of angst in the markets today. Um, Also, uh, old story, weather continues in the southern hemisphere to play a role in the marketplace. Uh, The weather forecast down there, um, still not out of the woods, but but they have been more favorable. The forecasts have been more favorable of late than um, 
than negative. So that's put some pressure on the market. Uh, this corn market, uh, we went up and we challenged the, the highs uh, that we had not seen since back in November. But we've been unable to take those out. And uh, it just continues to, to be range bound uh, with those upper limits of, of recent highs uh, acting as pretty strong resistance in our corn market. Um, hopefully we can keep these export sales. Well, hopefully we can get our corn export sales at a higher pace than we have already. But, uh, today's number, um, certainly, um, as said earlier, um, although not stellar was, was, uh, at the high end of expectations. So we had that item going for us in the soybean market. Uh, the Brazilian harvest, the soybean harvest continues. Um, there have been some adjusted adjustments to production estimates based on weather constraints on production, not significant still. Brazil uh, forecast to have a huge soybean crop. And of course, that's offering some overhead resistance in our uh, soybean uh, prices. So we continue to focus on that. Um, the Climate Prediction Center today updated uh, the late spring and summer weather forecast for the United States, and and uh, there is growing sentiment now that the three-year La Nina that's been in play uh, is going to come to an end, which if history follows the pattern of that, it does suggest that we should see some pretty crop-conducive, crop development uh weather patterns here uh, in the Midwest uh, when we get this spring crop in the ground. Uh, it does also suggest that we may see uh, some wet, uh, wet spring conditions that may impact how quickly we can get the crop planted, uh, but certainly uh, that's not in play yet, but is something that we'll be monitoring uh, as we move out toward spring planting season. Today uh, is, I believe, the 358th day of the Russian-Ukraine war, soon be a year. I think it was the 24th, maybe, of, of uh, February last year that that war started. And uh, certainly that continues to be uh, problematic to world grain trade. Russia has said that unless uh, some concessions are made that they are not going to renew that export pact between them and the Ukraine that was brokered by Turkey through the United Nations that has allowed some uh, export activity out of the Ukraine uh, through those through those ports. But Russia says that uh, uh, unless concessions are made to their benefit, to Russia's benefit, that uh, they're not going to renew that agreement. So that's, uh, that's a big question mark to the market is how that's all going to play out. Um, still the fundamentals of the grain market, uh, from a supply and demand standpoint, world grain stocks, coarse grain stocks, corn, sorghum, barley, oats, and rye, and soybeans for that matter, still, uh, not the tightest they've been in history, but they're still tight from a historic standpoint. And the implication there is that the market signal uh, to every country in the world that can raise a coarse grain crop or an oil seed crop is uh, we need to have the best kinds of yields on the highest numbers of acres or hectares 
uh, as we plant this 23 crop as we can possibly get in the ground and then Mother Nature to cooperate so we can get our uh, global grain and oil seed stocks back to higher levels than we've seen the last several years. So a lot of time ahead of this market yet, Andy. I will say that, uh, in my opinion, with the amount of old crop corn and soybeans that still need to be marketed, uh, that uh, rallies uh, should be sold. Uh, I think just folks should uh, continue to take advantage of of uh, some higher uh, selling opportunities for both the old crop and, and certainly from a new crop standpoint, uh, there have been just very small percentages of new crop corn and soybeans sold and we need to stay alert to opportunities to to start getting some of that grain on the books too. And the last thing I want to mention today is that it's a reminder that February is the month that the federal crop insurance spring prices are determined. Uh, we're better than halfway through the price discovery period. And as of this morning, <clears throat> excuse me, the corn number was $5.95. That's the average of December futures so far the month of February, $5.95. And last year we ended up at $5.90. So we're actually a nickel higher uh, so far on that price discovery this year versus last year. On the soybeans, uh, our number right now is $13.72. And last year we ended up at $14.33. So our soybean price uh, lags last year's number, um, not really significantly, but is it is lower. So uh, lots of conversations with farmers about uh, crop insurance decisions for this year. It's going to be important because I've had many, many, many customers tell me that this is probably going to be the most expensive uh, crop from an input standpoint that they've uh, ever put into the ground this year. So crop insurance, federally subsidized crop insurance is a good risk management tool. And folks have until March the 15th to make decisions on what coverage levels and what types of insurance they want to use. And if they don't do anything, they'll have the same type of insurance product and insurance coverage that they had last year. So in the next 30 days, Andy, lots of decisions need to be made. Market analyst Mike Silver of Kokomo Grain. The number there, 800-666-0613. Now on half the settlements from Thursday, fractionally up or down in the corn market, down in the case of March, 676, up a penny on May, 675, July, 664, up three quarters. Up in beans, but barely, 1526 and a half. March, three quarters higher. May, one and three quarters higher at 1521 and a quarter. March wheat goes to 765, down four and a quarter. And the meats went lower. April live cattle, 16407, down 52. April lean hogs, 8577, down 72. I'm Andy Eubank with the Thursday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible.